Hello, good evening and welcome to Seascapes. For tonight's programme, I'm at the Irish Sailing Awards and I'll be meeting the many extraordinary people, most of them women, honoured by Irish sailing. Last weekend, the annual Irish Sailing Awards held their first in-person ceremony in three years at the Royal Marine Hotel in Dunleary. There were nine awards in total, and we're going to hear from many of those people now this evening. The first person I met there was Olaine O'Mahony, Volunteer of the Year from Kilrush. Elaine O'Mahony, Volunteer of the Year, congratulations. Thanks very much. You're in Kilrush, tell me about the club. Um, the club itself is a very small club and we're really just building from, you know, historically there was a good sailing there and then, you know, it died off over the years and now it's back, we're rebuilding the club, um, very active committee and, you know, we've just been applying for grants to get new boats, new equipment. Last year we worked with very old equipment and we managed to run the most successful training centre we'd had in years um, and there's a huge enthusiasm and interest back in sailing in Kilrush, so we're delighted with that. So it keeps us busy. Yeah, it's almost the perfect place. Are you behind um, sea walls there? Yeah, we're in the marina. The marina, it's a lock-in marina, so it's a super safe place for kids to learn to sail. Mm. It's non-tidal because we all know the estuary is, has extremely strong tides. So it's, it's non-tidal, um, it's sheltered. No matter what the weather conditions, we can generally get in sailing. Um, so it's lovely. And then on nice days, we try to get the kids out once a week to go for a sail out to Scattery Island and yeah. picnic out on the island. That's lovely. Okay. What kind of ages and how many number, what kind of numbers do you have? The age of the kids going sailing is up to 16 in the junior end and then we have adult sailing running in the evenings as well. Um, again, numbers are small. We would have three instructors, so we would have 18 to 20 children on a course on any given week. And the adults run a couple of evenings a week and it depends on the number of instructors who volunteer their time a lot for the adult sailing, how many we get out. But we're building all the time. What boats do you say there? And do you have to have your own boat to partake? No, not at all. Um, we, the, the sailing club itself has, a couple, has Topaz sail, which are brilliant for the juniors. We have a couple of GP14s. Um, we have RS Fivas. So we have a couple of, of um, boats then for, for adults and for group sailing and that. Um, no, you do not have to have your own boat at all. We're delighted to have anyone who has never sailed before, no experience to come down and try it out. That's the main thing is to give it a try. You know, I think particularly for kids... They have to try everything to find something that suits them. Um, so I think try sailing. You live beside the coast. It's a really safe place to do it. And, you know, we're delighted to get as many kids as we can out sailing. You've been made volunteer of the year. How much work do you put into it? You know, at this stage, you know, when you're volunteering for a lot of years, you kind of take no notice of it. But there are people who do way more, you know, even within my own club. I kind of, I'm nearly embarrassed because there are so many brilliant volunteers and like there's no one volunteer gets all the work done. There's a huge team behind anyone. I'm, I'm very lucky with people that are in the club. Like we get a great lot of help. All you have to do is send out a message and they, they join in. Onwards and upwards from here. Onwards and upwards, hopefully, yeah. Next I met Sinead Hurley from the Oyster Haven Centre, Sail Training Centre of the Year. So Oyster Haven is a really fabulous place. Um, the centre was established in 1981 as a windsurfing club and it's gone from strength to strength and um, like every other business and club and centre over the past two years um, have been challenging and um, with an amazing team and um, an amazing, amazing support from the owners Oliver and Kate Hart we adapted the centre to be completely functional and work to capacity for, the, for COVID 
um, challenges and we've developed and built some um, additional training rooms and additional um, indoor spaces so we could just um, keep a real safe environment along with um, lots of new equipment to ensure that um, kids and teenagers and adults could really make use of the outdoors and enjoy the water last year and um, everybody wants to be outdoors now so we just recognised that it was really important to provide them with a really safe environment and fun and lots of learning and an amazing instructor team. What made you stand out from other training centres do you think? The atmosphere in, in Oysterhaven is just really really special um, there's an amazing ethos and um, it's just the minute people come on site they just they will actually say it to you, they acknowledge it to the management, to the senior instructors and to myself so often is they just um, love the vibe, the positive vibe okay. of Oyster Haven. How did you manage to keep going through COVID? We're very fortunate that um, May 2020, when we got a green light to go ahead um, or to open the doors, and that was very much on an individual basis, but we just set ourselves up to do that and that was like you know an individual a gap one person could come on site then 15 minutes later another person or families and it was um, quite tedious but then when as we progressed we again just got ourselves set up and we had all these separate areas and kept people apart being able to operate in summer 2020 we knew what we had to do to be to be to work to capacity in summer 2021 yeah. under the same COVID challenges, hence the development of all the indoor training areas and pod areas and additional equipment. Congratulations on the award. Thank you very much. Then I had the great pleasure of speaking to Mary Duffy, who won the Leadership Award. Mary finished in 14th place in the Hansa World Sailing Championships, despite only starting sailing in 2018. Mary Duffy, congratulations on your Leadership Award in Irish Sailing. Thank you, Fergal. It's quite extraordinary considering how far I've come in such a short time. But I decided in 2018 to give it everything and try and learn to sail. And I never expected that I'd have to buy a boat and go to England, but that's what I did. And then I came home and parked it on my driveway and I was without a sailing club. But Bray Sailing Club took me in and I've been at home there ever since. And they were really brave and fantastic. And I enjoy racing there every second Sunday in the winter and every weekend during the summer. You and I know each other well. We worked together in RTE for quite a long time. But for people who don't know you, you don't have arms. No. And I suppose... And you are a renowned activist as well and artist. Yes. I suppose when I was born, my life expectancy was very short and that really affected me. It made me feel like I got to do everything like now. Um, I was supposed to be dead by the time I was 25. So it, it led a certain edge to my life and I never really considered a career or a pension. But I ended up in RTE and... Um, were you my boss at some stage? No, I think you, you were my <laughs> boss. <laughs> You were my boss, definitely, yes. But yeah, it, it, what, what it has done is, is led me to try a lot of things and not just fit into one mould. But I was very interested in genealogy and I was very interested in sailing and I discovered that myself and Gráinne Whale share a great... Uh, sorry, a grandparent. So she's my 15 times first cousin. 
all belong to me come from the west of Ireland within a very short area. So anyway, I've always wanted to sail and I felt thwarted. So in 2018, I decided to throw everything at it. What kind of boat did you buy? Well, I bought the best one I could. I bought a Liberty. It's the only kind of its... It's only one of its kind in Ireland. So basically, instead of bouncing from one side to the other, I sit in the middle and the boom goes over my head. It's a dinghy. It's a one-seater dinghy. I remember telling somebody that the biggest problem I'm going to face because I've no arms in sailing is clothes. Like, how am I going to get on a wetsuit or dry suit or... Yeah, and they were kind of rolling their eyes thinking, oh, I think I can think of a few more other problems than that. But, but so I bought this boat because I stay dry in it. I don't get wet. Everybody else has to change. But I kind of saunter on and have my lunch while they're queuing for the showers. It's fantastic. But it's the only one of its kind in the country. So how did you learn to sail and how long did it take you? I suppose I've been trying to sail all my life. About 20 years ago, when I was 40, I went out with my brother in Oran Moor in Galway and he put me on his laser and then he looked behind him a moment of inattention there was no wind there was nothing happening and I took off in the laser you know and I remember I said to him should I jump out and he said no 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 don't do that so that was my first lesson and he never wanted to take me out after that he loved his laser too much so that was the end of my first lesson so it took me another oh 15 years to get into another anyway I really wanted to learn to sail. I made some inquiries and I discovered that the kind of boat I could sail in was a Hansa 303 and the best place to try one out was in Rutland in the East Midlands of the UK. And it took me a long time to get there, but I contacted, when I was over buying a new car, I had a few days free and a car and I contacted them on a Friday night on Facebook and on Saturday morning I was in a Challenger which is a trimaran and I was sailing like without any adaptions or anything and it was kind of scary but it took me about 20 minutes but I could never turn the damn thing and I didn't like that feeling it was like being in a combine harvester so I did a bit of research and I basically figured out fairly quickly that I'd have to buy a boat and adapt it well actually I considered myself I'd be a great helm so I had to learn to sail. That was my, I wanted to be a helm on a big boat where other people would decide where we're going. But instead of that, I, I realised I had to learn to sail first. So I bought the best boat I could and I learned in Rutland. And they have a fantastic sailability programme. Lots of volunteers, lots of aeronautical engineers just dying to help people. It was fantastic. There was a sailing school nearby, next door, basically, and I finally put two and two together, contacted them, did a course. I did about five days, and at the end of the five days, I entered my first multi-class regatta. It was quite the, uh, the entry, but I've never looked back. You've been given a leadership award here now in the Irish Sailing Awards. What have you been doing in the last couple of years, sailing-wise? Well, I've been sailing every week in Bray as part of the dinghy racing which is quite an achievement because in the UK they asked me would they really let you but you know they really let me and um, I was I'm very keen to include other people and last year I had the great idea of having a Hansa training course and we borrowed some boats and set up a training course for people who are interested in Hansa sailing 
and I also had the brass neck to go to the World Championships in Palermo, which was funded by Irish Sailing, and I wouldn't have gone really because of COVID, but once they said they'd fund me, Para World Sailing were very keen to have me because I would mean another country. So I was asked, would I go? And of course I said yes. It's my policy to say yes. Yeah, off I went to Palermo. I mean, the brass neck of me, you know. But anyway, yeah. What do you plan your future in sailing to be now? Well, I am encouraged by the inclusion officer of Irish Sailing, Kieran Murphy, known as Spud, to um, consider the... Well, first of all, we need to organise backing the bid to get sailing back into the Paralympics for 2028. It was taken out in 2016. Most people don't know that. So I want to sail in LA in the Paralympics in a RS Venture Connect. I have absolutely no doubt you will if the sport is there. Well, that and my old age pension I should be getting by then. <laughs> Congratulations on the award. It's an incredible achievement for anybody, but particularly for you. Thank you, Virgo. Yes, I've come a long way. Eve McMahon, Youth Sailor of the Year. Tell me about your career. Um, yeah, so I just won the Youth Sailor of the Year, so it's for under-18s only. Um, I had a fantastic couple of years. I started off my career with a third at the Youth Worlds, and then obviously the COVID pandemic hit. Um, I then actually won the Worlds last year in 2021. Uh, I finished second at the Europeans, fourth at the Youth Worlds then in December, followed on by that, uh, and I also got onto the senior team as well. So it has been a bit of a, a hectic year, but a, a great year as well. So Incredible achievements for somebody. You're still under 18? Yes, I still have one more year of youth to go. So I have a defending, I'm defending two titles this year, obviously my youth world title and also my youth national title as well. So I'll be defending it in April and then next again in July in Texas. What kind of dedication, what kind of training does it take to achieve that level? Um, quite a lot, to be quite honest with you. Um, I'm actually doing my leaving cert at the moment, so I'm taking a little bit of time off just to finish that off. But uh, a lot of fitness, for sure, especially with the boat that I sail. Um, and yeah, just I think just keep sticking at it and just consistency is key for, for the sailing. Tell me about your boat. What kind of boat do you sail? I sail the Laser Radial, now named as the Ilka 6. So it's a women's Olympic single-class dinghy boat. Um, and yeah, it's just a fantastic boat. Very physical boat, but it's a great boat all around. Annalise Murphy is here. She's your predecessor. Yeah, one of my huge idols. I, I had a, a phenomenal opportunity to train with her and race with her uh, right up until the Tokyo Games. So she's just been a great idol for me to follow through and have someone to learn, learn from the best, really. If there are younger sailors listening to us, what advice would you have for the people starting off, maybe? Um, I think just have fun. I think that is what it is all about. A lot of people who get into the high performance element of it, you know, forget to have that element of fun and, and just really enjoying ba the racing. So I think really just going back to the basics and just being able to have fun with your friends and making new friends. It's such, a, such an amazing sport to do that. So. World silver medalist in 2021, Finn Lynch got the top award of Irish Sailor of the Year. Finn Lynch, Irish Sailor of the Year, congratulations on your award. Thank you very much. You got a silver medal in the World Championships just a couple of months ago, but we heard today that you had thought just a little bit before that of actually giving up sailing. Yeah, so um, it's been a bit of a mad year for me. 
I uh, didn't manage to qualify Ireland for the Games, which was my biggest goal for the year. Um, after that, I kind of had to reflect and decide what was the best thing to do going forward, and I decided that I couldn't leave it like that. Um, so I got back into the boat, got back training, and then at the end of the year, got silver in the world. So it just shows you not to uh, give up too early. <laughs> just don't give up. Yeah, it's uh, laser sailing is it's so unforgiving. It's one of the most competitive fleets in the world. So um, I kind of had to put not quali qualifying for Japan behind me. Um, and now all eyes on Paris. You may be the youngest ever Irish sailor of the year, but you've won many awards here over the years. As a youth sailor, your name is almost a byword in Irish sailing. Irish sailing has been amazing to me. Um, the team around me is second to none. We're an island nation and we should be at the top of the sport when it comes to sailing. I think we have the best sport, uh, the, the best uh, coaches. Um, the team is really, really young and uh, has really, really high standards. Um, so I think Irish sailing is in a really good place. How much do you practice on over the last couple of years? Is it your whole life? You're still going through your education? No, I actually uh, finished the Leaving Cert in 2014 and went full time. Yeah, so uh, I kind of put education to the side um, so I could try qualify for Rio, which I managed to do. And then after Rio, um, I thought, okay, let's go all guns blazing for Japan. Yeah. So um, I think when I finish my Olympic career, um, then I'll come back and do some studying. And, uh, but you never know. I mean, being at the top of sailing as a sport opens doors. Hopefully sailing leads a path into the real world, world for me after. What's your week like now as a full-time sailor? When we're in camp, we probably sail five to six days a week, spend up to 15 hours on the bike doing uh, aerobic training um, and then we do three gym sessions a week and around that we have kind of lots of breakdown of technique. The laser, laser sailing is a very physical sport and Irish sailing over the last couple of years in their high performance centre just down the road from us here they've developed the physical training immensely. Yeah I think uh, the physical side of things is, is somewhere where we have a huge edge in the Irish sailing team. Um, Mark McCabe in Sportsman Ireland has been my coach since I'm 15 and I think um, it's, it's, it's definitely, you can see from Annalise's performance in her Olympic Games when the breeze was up, the Irish perform um, and I think we're a very strong fit side. What's your plan now for this year, for next year? Uh, plan now is to, it's the first season that we have a few big regattas um, since before the pandemic. So we have a World Cup in Palma in two weeks and it starts April 4th and there'll be 180 lasers there. So that's that's the first, uh, you know, dipping our toe back into it. That's Palma. Where to after that? Uh, we have here's World Cup, which is two weeks after Palma, which will be similar. And then a couple of weeks after that, we have the Worlds in Mexico. The best of luck with everything and congratulations, Irish Sailor of the Year. Thank you very much. Annalise Murphy, congratulations on the President's Award in the Irish Sailing Association. Yeah, I know. Um, I kind of was hoping that maybe I was too young to get the President's Award. But uh, <laughs> um, no, it's a huge honour to be given an award uh, that I guess recognises uh, my many years of Olympic sailing. And um, Now, you've retired now for full-time sailing. What are you doing now? 
Yeah, I've retired from Olympic sailing, but um, I definitely haven't retired from sailing and um, I hope I'll be sailing for the rest of my life and I'd also love to do some kind of professional sailing in the future, um, either in, uh, you know, sort of America's Cup style thing or if somehow I managed to get some opportunity in sail GP. But um, uh, at the moment I'm doing um, an MBA in Trinity, which is uh, quite different, uh, you know, a year of academics rather than a year of being on the water every day. But uh it's um, probably also nice to, to do something so different because it makes me appreciate how much I miss being out sailing. How are you finding Trinity and the MBA? There's an awful lot of study involved. I'm definitely finding it tricky. Uh, I didn't really realise it was going to be that difficult. I just presumed, I was like, oh, I find things, you know, you just put your head down and you get to work and you get it done. And uh, it is, it's really difficult. Um, I have to kind of push myself every day to get the work done and... I don't always get the work done. Uh, you know, it doesn't come naturally to me to sit and study away all evening, particularly when we have weather like we do at the moment. I'm thinking, oh, I'd love to be outside right now, not sitting on a computer. But it's, um, it's great. It's given me a routine. And I was really disappointed after the Olympics. And it forced me to not really have much time to think about my disappointment because I was so busy learning uh, economics and writing essays. <laughs> You're one of the best known people in Irish sports. What do you think your future is going to be after you do the MBA? Do you think you work in the sport area or move to, to something else? I Honestly, it's a good question. I have no idea. I'd, I really, I'd love to be involved in sport in some way because I feel I have so many years of knowledge and I think it would be, it'd be a disaster if I wasn't able to pass that on to next generation, not just in sailing, but in all sports. You know, you just It's all very transferable. You learn so many skills that every sport can kind of take up. Um, but I guess I also need to get a real job because uh, I've managed to avoid one of them for uh, all of my 20s. Sailing is big business in many parts of the world, maybe not so much in Ireland. There, there is a potential career there for you. Absolutely. If I, if I wanted to, I'm sure I could get involved in professional sailing um i definitely like to do a little bit of it it's the world of professional sailing it's quite glamorous you know it's uh, is it? Is it? You're, you know there's a lot of racing in the mediterranean and the caribbean mm. and um uh, being a p- paid professional to get to go out to these regattas and race on you know these amazing uh, amazing yachts is a uh, it would be fairly nice but i guess it also it comes with the fact that you're gonna have to spend a lot of days abroad a year and one of the Small things that even I have liked this winter is actually being back in Ireland for a like prolonged period of time. That was something that I'd completely forgotten what it was like because I had spent sort of 13 years of my life living out of a suitcase. That's been speaking to Finn Lynch. Irish sailing is on an upward trajectory, you think, or at least it's going to, he's going to achieve maybe what you achieved? Oh, Finn is, he's a super talent. Um, he actually first came and trained with me when he was in transition year he came over to Weymouth and did a couple of weeks training with me I remember thinking this kid's going to be really good and then I've always been kind of pushing him you know been like come on Finn you got this and then uh, he finished seventh at the Europeans in uh, Bulgaria and I sent him a message and I was like that's good but you know top five in worlds in a month's time and I was like I just didn't it just left it there I wasn't like you know you know, that's, I was just like, I, you, I know what you're capable of and you have to go and do it. And then, so when he actually went and finished second at the World Championships, I was just so happy for him. It's delighted. It's like, yeah. you know, he's, he is really talented, but 
you still have to put in the work and you also have to get over the hard times, which some people find very hard. Yeah. You know, so he, he just told me he didn't qualify for the Olympics and he found it profoundly disappointing. Exactly. Like, that was a huge blow for him. Like, he, he, he 100% should have qualified for the Olympics and he just kind of crumbled under the pressure at the two qualification events. And it was so disappointing to see because, you know, he was of the standard of it and then he wasn't able to do it and like something like that can actually end a young athlete's career because it's such a big disappointment and you put so much time into it that you wonder you know why am I doing this if I'm not able to even get to the place that I'm trying to get to so for him to be able to you know take a little bit of time off and think things through and then get back into the boat and work really hard and have a fantastic season at the end of the year last year oh, it's just, like it's great and I'm always like ah uh, you know it was all my mentoring Finn that got you here. Well, it doesn't, like it's his hard work, but it's uh, it's great when you get to see like a whole journey of someone's career from you know when they're yeah. like a little like I saw when you know his little eight year old kid sailing around to to like uh, the, the fully grown man he is now. Annalise Murphy, lovely to talk to you. Thank you for your time and the best of luck in the future. All right, well, thank you. And all the details of the winners at the Irish Sailing Awards are on our website rt.ie/seascapes and on sailing.ie. have to mention that at the opposite end of the high achievements in Irish sailing was the government's announcement this week that Ireland was not able to host the America's Cup in two years' time. And there's a real sense of disappointment in the marine sector at the country's failure at this event, where we were the preferred bidder. And truth be told, Ireland's ability to host large international sporting events has suffered huge reputational damage because of our failure in the America's Cup. And that's it for Seascapes for this week. We're back at the same time next Friday. Everything on the programme's podcast is on our website, rte.ie slash seascapes. If you want to contact me or the programme, the email is seascapes at rte.ie. If you're anywhere on or near the water over the next week, stay safe. And Seascapes is presented and produced by Fergal Keane.